one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven.
break through the dark, silence the lies, our nation's crying out for you. We're crying out for you. We're gonna see you move. We're gonna see you
getting at is the table is the place to fellowship that Jesus invites us to him at. Where, bring your sin, bring your sadness, bring your sorrows because he is the one that can help us in all those places. Amen. And we see in the scriptures that Jesus had, had, a, had an ethic of table manners with people that put people off. They were upset about who he was with. But he was just inviting them there. But the amazing thing about Jesus, he accepts you as you are, but he never leaves you there. He begins to take you somewhere. Because once he brings you to the table, once he leaves the table, then he'll say, now follow me. I'm going to make you into something. Amen. This is a song of fellowship that he invites you in. And, and we also practice the table of the Lord at times here. We take communion, the Eucharist together. But it's a song that I want you to understand this morning that you're invited to fellowship with Jesus. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what's going on. I don't care your yesterdays. I don't care your years ago. You have the opportunity today to be in fellowship with Jesus. Then Jesus does what only he can do. That's why he invites you there. It's that open invitation for whoever would believe come to the table. And he brings us life. And he teaches us what it means when he breaks the bread and serves it. Always putting life in front of us. Amen. So, so just for a minute, I don't know what you brought into the building today. I know a lot of you. I don't know all of you. I don't, I don't know what's happened since the last time we were together. What I do know is Jesus doesn't change. And no matter what you brought into this building today, that you can give it to him. And he will begin to do only what he can do with it. Amen. So let's do that. So if you have things, I just want you to take a moment and give it to him. Cast your cares upon him. Take those burdens off of you because Jesus is the one that takes your burdens and he trades with you. He gives you a burden that's easy and a yoke that is light. Amen. Let's just do that, Lord, hear us this morning. We know that you do. That we cry out to you, Lord Jesus. We give to you this morning all of the things of our lives that we just simply need you for, and that's everything. Help us today. The things that we're facing, the burdens that we begin to carry, Lord, the, the ups and downs of life, we give them to you today. And in fellowship with you, that you are our Savior, that we simply know that you're going to see us through. You're going to help us. You're going to give us wisdom. You're going to open doors. You're going to make ways where there seems to be no way. We thank you for that. We thank you, Jesus. And we worship you, Jesus. And we praise you, Jesus. For you are above all. You are king of kings. All the kings of the world, you're above them all. You are Lord of lords for every authority there is in this world. You're above it all. You are the only way. 
are the absolute truth that does not change. And your life, you're the true life, abundant life that we need. I thank you, Jesus. And I praise you, Jesus. For just for a couple moments, let's just worship him. Let's just praise him. Let's just lift up our hands in adoration and surrender to him. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. So wonderful. So wonderful. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you.
morning. Uh, let's, uh, let's continue in our worship and our giving today uh, with our tithe and our offering. There are envelopes and chairs in front of you. If not, wave your hand around and Chris in just a second will be coming up here with offering envelopes. Also, Chris has with him prayer request cards. If you have a prayer need, uh, please ask for one of those and get those to me or to one of our ushers and, and we would love to Join in faith and pray with you about needs in your life. But as we give today, um, I, I'm appreciative of all of you, your faithfulness, and uh, that we believe that whatever comes into the church, that God does above and beyond what we can think that he can do with it. Amen? Isn't God like that? Isn't that how God works? That, that he always does above and beyond. And he does it in our lives. He does it with the things that we're involved in. And I, I believe the favor of God uh, is with us, and um, but amen, so we thank you for your giving, so I'm, I'm going to pray over it, and if you have something, you can bring it down to these uh, baskets up here. Lord, as we give today, it's part of our worship, because the tithe is holy unto you, and Lord, we give it because, well, you're faithful, and this life of faith that we live is is you leading us, and you teaching us, and you guiding us, and you showing us things that we have certainly would not have learned and grown into 
without you. We need you. And our giving is like that. It, it teaches us. It grows us. It shows us things, Lord. It, it, it deals with greed. It deals with self-centeredness. It deals with all these different things that, that we could so easily fall into. But I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, and I thank you that you are teaching us and you're taking us somewhere with our lives. So bless our giving today. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. So if you have it, you can bring it. I do have uh, some quick announcements for you. By the way, uh, I heard the ladies uh, gathering went well yesterday. So I've been hearing good things, and uh, uh, Margaret's going to get the next one on the calendar pretty soon. And uh, anyhow, uh, Amen. So I heard it was good. Um, next Sunday, we've got two different things happening next Sunday, because I believe next Sunday is the first Sunday of May, correct? So uh, we have first Sundays in a month are water baptism Sundays. So if you've never been water baptized, uh, and, and I can tell you more about what that's all about, there's a sign-up sheet at the back, so please get your name on that. Um, and of course, if you sign up, I'll connect with you and we'll talk about it. But that will happen right when service is over next Sunday, if we have people signed up. Uh, the second thing that's happening next Sunday has to do with our youth, 5th to 12th grade. Now, if you're new, just sure where we have kids' church every Sunday and Wednesday. That's uh, preschool all the way up through 5th grade. And then what we do is what we call our youth 5th to 12th grade. We, we overlap that 5th grade. That way parents can uh, make their own call whether kids are, are more kids' church or more youth-oriented at that point in their life. But anyways, uh, our youth meet the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month. We call it Youth Hangout, and that's during church. Uh, but we're starting something new, and it's the first one is next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. We have what we call Youth Hangout Squared. And what that's about is we're having a youth service right here just for the youth. Their own worship, their own word, their own time together. So next Sunday night at 6 o'clock right here, that's for 5th to 12th grade. So if you, if you have a young person, bring them on out, have them invite their friends, and you can drop them off and say amen. You can drop them off and leave. And we'll have a team here for them and pick them back up about 8 o'clock, okay? So that's the way that's going to work. So from 6 to 8 next Wednesday, or next Sunday uh, is for 5th to 12th grade. Um, by the way, if, if this summer, it, obviously school's ending up in uh, next month and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what we call our move-up month is uh, June. So if you have a, a, a young person that's going into 5th grade this coming fall for school, they're eligible to start attending those kind of youth gatherings in June. Okay, so you're aware of that. So next Sunday, water baptism. Then youth hangout squared at 6 o'clock uh, next Sunday night. Now, uh, another, this is important too. I want you to know this. If this is your church home, if you're a member of this church, or, or, or however you want to put that, on Sunday, May the 21st, so it's in uh, three weeks from today, uh, we have a vision casting Sunday. And what's going to happen that Sunday is we're going to have normal service, probably uh, close up a, a little early, then we're asking that those that are going to stay bring some food in. We're going to eat some food. I'm going to order some chicken or something. And we're going to stay. We're going to talk about uh, vision for our church through the rest of this year into 2024. So it's a vision cast this Sunday. At least once a year, we like to do that just to update you on things that are happening with, with our, our kids, our youth. Uh, we'll update you on the finances and, and different things like that. It's simply to put you in the loop on information about the church. So that is May the 21st. And last but not least, on Wednesday nights, uh, the second week of May, the second Wednesday of May, we're going to have our normal Wednesday service as always. But for those of you that wish to, we have a small group that's going to break off after worship and do sort of a basic discipleship small group. In other words, 
It is the foundational things that need to happen in order for you to continue to live in long-term discipleship. See, that's the goal, isn't it? Remember the parable of the soil, Matthew 13, I believe. All different, the seeds were sown, but the soil determined what happened with the seed, right? What we want is a congregation of people who end up in the harvest, 30, 60, or 100-fold. But there's a harvest there. But in order to get there, there needs to be long-term discipleship. So that small group, and Judah's leading it, um, it'll be for four Wednesdays in June, and just the basics of what it means to live a daily Christian life. So uh, sign up in the back for that if that interests you. And I think that's all I have. So having said, if you've got your Bibles, get them out. Matthew, chapter number 26, and, and verse 31. Now, if you're new with us today, as everybody's turning there, a couple things you can do for me if you want to. In the back of, of the chair in front of you, there's these blue foldovers. They have uh, just information about our church to get to know us a little bit. On the very back of it is our website, urbanachurch.com. You can go there for more information about our church. Plus, we have Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us there. And if you want to, there's also a Connect card. Take that, fill that out. Get it to me or Kelly. Kelly, wave your hand around. And, um, uh, and if you do that, we have something for you, but we're glad you're with us today. So welcome. We hope you feel at home with us. All right, so Matthew chapter 26. We've been talking about some things that we find in the Gospels that are post-resurrection happenings. Last week, we dealt with Thomas, and as, as he's known as Doubting Thomas, and we uh, we talked about what it means to take a leap of faith. That, that you, Thomas got his empirical evidence. He got to see Jesus. He got to touch his hands. He got to put his hand in his side where the spear pierced Jesus. But Jesus said after that happened, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. Amen. And that's us. And Jesus blesses the faith that we have, that leap of faith to believe. So we dealt with Thomas last week. And I want to talk today about Peter. Now, we find that Peter is one of the main characters of the disciples that we find in the Gospels. And, and, and think about Peter as he is highlighted and out front for everybody to see, both in good things and sometimes not so good things. Uh, as you know, and of course, if you were here Wednesday, uh, Darius Herrera with us. It was a nice segue into Sunday, this, this morning's message uh, Darius talked about this Wednesday. As you know, Peter, in boldness, was the one who walked on water with Jesus, right? It was a good thing. Uh, he was the one, as we'll talk more in a moment, he was the one that, that Jesus was asking, but, you know, who, who is everybody saying that I am? They're seeing the miracles. They're hearing the teaching. There, there's, there's rumors about me. Who are people saying that I am? And Peter was the one that finally came and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it was this great revelation of who Jesus is and what his vocation and mission was. Um, and, and if you remember uh, in that, he, he said, hey, Peter, by the way, it is on you, the revelation of Jesus. But he was talking to Peter specifically. On you, the rock, I'm going to call you Peter. Peter means rock. And on this, I'm going to build my church. How many of you count yourself a part of the church of Jesus Christ? Let me see. Okay, yeah. That, that's worldwide. It's everybody who believes. And that is built on the revelation and belief that Jesus is who we know that he is. 
But, but we find also Peter does some other things that aren't so good, as we'll talk about today. Remember, the, uh, Jesus is talking about what's going to happen to him, and, and Peter was the one who was like, no, this, this isn't going to happen. And, and remember, Jesus so far as, as to use the word Satan in addressing Peter, said, get behind me, Satan. He's talking to Peter. That wasn't such a good thing. You don't have in mind the things of God, but you have in mind the things of man. We got to do this in the purpose and the ways of God, not how man would do things. And, and Jesus making a separation right there and how the kingdom is going to happen. So Peter, a lot of good things, some things not so great, but he's always out front for us to see. So Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 31. We're getting close to the arrest of Jesus. Certainly then, Good Friday, the crucifixion. In verse 31, we, we pick up in the story, and, and Jesus said to them, to the disciples, you will all fall away because of me this night, and, and Jesus is about to be arrested. For it is written, and Jesus is drawn from the Old Testament here, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, and remember, they're, they're not quite understanding all of this language and the things that Jesus is saying. They're not catching it. But after I'm raised up, I'll go before you to Galilee. But Peter, can, as he is, he, he just responds a lot. Peter answered him, though they all will fall away because of you. And he's literally looking at the rest of the disciples that were with him. I tell you what, we're all here with you, and you said we're all going to fall away, but... All of these guys right here. Now, he, he just threw under the bus 11 other guys that he's been hanging out with for about three years. He said, not me. All these other guys right here, yeah, yeah, they're going to fall away, but I won't. But Jesus said to him, verse 34, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And, of course, Peter even, Peter has just, you ever have a kid that always has to have the last say? Always has to respond? Yeah, that's Peter. And Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Notice at the end of that sentence is an exclamation point. Peter said this in a very kind of a loud and, 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 and bold way. And then, of course, then all the disciples weren't going to be left out of that statement. They're all agreeing. Well, yeah, yeah, us too. Us too, Lord. We won't fall away. We won't do this. We won't deny you. See, boldness is great. Boldness mixed with pride is not. Boldness is great. Boldness mixed with pride isn't. And Jesus has a tendency to deal with our pride if we're not careful. As a matter of fact, it's a pretty consistent theme with the disciples. Remember that whole story when they're arguing who's the greatest? And Jesus gives this great lesson. He says, look, if you really want to be great, it's actually not being bold and prideful. It's actually being the servant, the least of all. He's been dealing with this the whole time. But Peter hasn't quite caught the message yet. Humility, a note here, this isn't really a message, but just kind of a note here. Humility is better than pride, obviously. 
Because pride at some sort will, some, in some way, in some manner, will reveal itself to others around you. And if Jesus doesn't get to deal with it before that happens, then you find yourself in a little bit of a mess probably. So, so we know this, this happens. Jesus says what he says. So jump down to verse 69. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and, and, and the Gospel of John doesn't have it here in Matthew, but the Gospel of John, in one of these points, there was a fire that he was warming himself by. And a servant girl came up to him and said, you were also with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And we went out of the entrance. Another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, denied it, watch this, with an oath. I do not know the man. And after a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you, you two are one of them, for your accent betrays you. There were regional accents in the area. Kind of like if you go south, there'll be a, even though we're all Americans, there's still different accents within our nation. Watch this. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Remember when he said with an oath, remember Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, yet your, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. This is within hours of the scripture we just read where Peter denied that he would actually deny Jesus. If I have to die, I will never deny you. Within hours, he denies him three times. A couple cases to a girl in the courtyard. Wasn't even an official of, of, of Rome. Wasn't even anybody that was with Pilate searching out for the disciples. There were just people standing there. Denies Jesus three times. Peter, the rock, the rock unmovable, unshakable, upon which the church would be built, finds himself denying Jesus to mere bystanders to the activities that are happening. Peter, fully realizing what he had done, he broke down and he wept bitterly. Again, you, you have to think. Same with Thomas last week we talked about. Peter saw everything that he saw. He heard everything that he heard. He walked on water, my goodness. And because he didn't understand, he didn't catch... Well, he caught the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God... He missed the revelation about how the kingdom would come. You got to get both. And because he missed the revelation that Jesus had to die, 
But yet he kept telling them, I will, I, will, I will raise from the dead. In fact, when it happens, I'll go ahead of you in the Galilee. He flat out told them. Peter missed it. The rock on which the church would be built ended up denying Jesus. How often in our life do we end up in confusion? Living life, as, we're, just, we're just with the bystanders of the world. We're just out in society, in our families, in our workplaces, and the things that we do that, that make up our life. That we have these opportunities in these moments. By the way, even if you don't fully understand everything, that's what, sort of what faith is about, by the way. That we have opportunities to, not with bold cried, but with humility of heart, to actually be an unmovable, unshakable light in the world. I think we face these moments more than we think. That every single day that we're living just, just life, and whatever makes up your life, I, th I think all this in a church service today, you would all say, I'll never deny him. Even if it cost me my life. Now, that's a big statement right there, by the way. Even if it cost me my life, I would never deny him. But does that boldness carry with you when you're not in the assembly of believers where we're all on the same page for the most part? Now, what's amazing about Jesus is that Jesus, when we end up like Peter in this instance, that Jesus, in opportunity, doesn't leave that the end of our story. See, John chapter 21, if you'll go there, I'm, I'm going to read a little bit here in John chapter 21 because the Gospel of John specifically deals with this whole thing with Jesus being denied by Peter, and, and, and he addresses it to let you know how Jesus then comes and deals with Peter. Now, by the way, in the, in the Gospels prior, Jesus met with Peter at least twice before this happened. So remember, it was our text the last two weeks, and remember the disciples were gathered, they're in a room, the door is locked because they're in fear, and Jesus comes, stands among them, and says, peace be with you. And he has time with them, then he leaves, and then because Thomas wasn't with them, and then, then a, a week later, so this is all within two weeks of the resurrection, again, they're, they're in a room together, the door is locked because they're still in fear of the Jews, and Jesus comes, stands among them again, and says, peace be with you again. Then he goes and Deals specifically with Thomas, right? So Peter has seen the Lord already twice. But picking up in John chapter 21, we, we see that those two appearances maybe didn't catch Peter's heart yet. So chapter 21 and verse number 1 of, of the Gospel of John. And after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. 
And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin or Didymus, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and got in the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Now, when Jesus first called Peter to follow him, what was Peter doing? He was fishing. Peter was a professional fisherman. That's what was his job, it was his trade, it's how he earned money, it was his vocation, right? But here we find Peter. It doesn't say why, but it's possible that Peter had decided to go back to his former way of life. He'd been called by Jesus to, to be with him. And remember that whole business of, but I'm going to teach you how to catch men. You're going to be fishers of men, right? We're going to find Peter after the resurrection. He's seen Jesus twice already, by the way. And it's quite possible maybe he's decided he's got to go be a fisherman again. Going back to his former way of life. Maybe still in confusion about what's going on with Jesus, but maybe still in his heart broken because of the three times he denied Jesus. So, actually, some other disciples went with him. I think there were seven. But notice what it says there. They didn't catch nothing. Now, listen, I fish recreationally. My livelihood has nothing to do with it, thank Jesus, because I'm not sure I would make it. Okay? I get out there, I fish, I catch, sometimes I don't. There was one time uh, my friend Paul and I and, and two other guys, a guy named Mark and a guy named Marcus, we went fishing on the Allegheny River up by Oil City, Pennsylvania. We took some snacks, but we took no food because, you know, we're going to catch what we eat. You know what I'm talking about? Camping out. It actually started really bad. It started really bad because while we're setting up tents, my friend Paul was, was hammering in a, a, a tent stake, a peg, and he didn't realize there was a, a nest of yellow-headed hornets right there. He stirred up the nest. And we're, we're standing up by the truck. We're getting stuff out, and all of a sudden, I see Paul running. Why is Paul running? And, we, and then you could see. These hornets are big. You can sort of see. Oh, my God. Get in the water. Jump in the river. You know, he's running down. But it was just it was a bad start. But, hey, we caught fish. We had food to eat. Not as much as I would have normally ate. It was a good time. But, see, if I had to live like that, it probably wouldn't go well. And here these professional fishers were. They weren't catching nothing. I think that's very symbolic and a very big uh, uh, kind of an answer to Peter. You're going back to your vocation and you're catching nothing. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. You need, you need to catch some things here. So let's keep reading. But just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore and yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus says to them, and I love how he said children. I mean, it, these are grown men. If I'm out on the boat and I can see some dude, I don't know who he is on, on the shore, and he starts calling me a child, I'm not sure I'd even respond. You know what I mean? 
He calls them children, and maybe there's a, a revelation being opened up to them right here. He says, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it. But now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And that disciple whom uh, Jesus loved, and, and maybe many believe it's actually John, the author of this gospel, therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, in the gospels, you paint a picture that uh, there were a couple of encounters with Jesus and Peter before Peter followed him. But one of the last encounters Jesus had with Peter, remember, it was a whole other story about not catching no fish and then catching some fish. Remember that? Luke chapter 5, I believe. Again, they're fishing all night. Nothing happened. Jesus uses their boat to teach the crowd because the crowd was getting so big and they're gathering on shore. So Jesus pushes out from the shore so he could teach everybody. And Peter's with the boat with them. They caught no fish. He said, by the way, cast your net into the deep. Man, we've been fishing all night. What do you mean? Just do it. He does. And so many fish were in the net, the net was starting to break. And remember, Peter fell down at his, his feet and said, I'm not worthy of you. And that's when Jesus says, okay, great, but I'm going to start to teach you how to fish men now. This is sort of a replaying of that whole instance. And, and Peter realizes that it's Jesus. Now, of course, here's Peter and all his boldness. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment where he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the full net of fish behind them, for they were not far from the land, only about 100 yards off. And when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Now, the Gospel of John records that one of the denials of Jesus, Peter was warming himself by a fire. And here we have Jesus waiting for these disciples with a fire. And though he deals with everybody, he, obviously in a moment he starts to talk specifically to Peter. I'm not sure that that fire was lost on Peter based on what he was about to talk to Peter about. He denies Jesus by a fire, warming himself, and Jesus now brings some restoration by a fire. And I wonder if, if maybe, you know how things work, maybe in Peter's mind, every time he was around a fire, he remembers this stuff. You know how things take on meaning. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. That's a lot. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come have breakfast. And now none of the disciples asked, dared to ask him, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. And Jesus, and again, breaking bread, this is opening their eyes. And Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, notice he's not calling him Peter right here. He, he renamed him Peter, the rock. I'm going to build my church on this. But Jesus is kind of bringing him back a little bit here. And Simon, son of John, 
Do you love me more than these? Now, remember the whole thing where I'll never deny you? He threw all the disciples under the bus. Even if they're going to run away, I won't. And then he was the one that ended up denying Jesus. Now he brings the disciples back into the picture. Okay, so remember all these? Do you love me more than these? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. So Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And that, that word love, by the way, the first and the third time Jesus asked is, is the word agape, love. But this, this word actually means to cherish. Simon, son of John, do you cherish me? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Then Jesus said to him a third time. Of course, we know three, three restorations for three denials. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, embarrassed, hurt. And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now, this is the ongoing building of the church. Feed, ten, feed. So, Remember, Peter was called the one in Revelation. I'm going to build my church on this. But now in a, in a restorative way, he's saying, but the ongoing work of the church is not just built on the revelation of Jesus, but the church also needs fed and needs tended to. What's amazing about what Jesus is doing is he's restoring Peter to purpose and calling. He's restoring Peter to life. See, Peter jumps out of the boat and swims to the shore, and the boat's just coming behind him anyways, right? Boldness, Peter being Peter. And Jesus brings him to a fire and has breakfast there and spends time with everybody. He slows Peter down. Peter, slow down. Relax for a minute. I need to catch your heart. Let's move this boldness out of the way for a minute. I need to get right to your heart. Do you really love me? Do you really cherish me? Do you love me? And Peter, by the way, he's hurt. He's, he's, his boldness and, and some of that pride is entirely stripped away to the point that Peter is actually grieved that Jesus keeps asking him this. Three denials countered by three questions. See, the number three, remember, on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. The, Three is, is a number of life, of resurrection. It's a number of new creation. Peter is being resurrected right here from his denials. Peter is being offered life from Jesus, from his denials. He's given an opportunity Jesus calling Peter Simon is bringing him back to being Peter on the rock in which he'll build his church. See, Jesus personally connecting with Peter and what is done is life and purpose regiven. Justice, if you'll put the, the slide up for me for this morning. 
This is really simple. It's very straightforward, but you need to understand this. In spite of your past, Jesus, if you allow him to, is always putting life in front of you. In spite of what you've done, in spite of where you've been, in spite of the ups and downs of your life, if you allow Jesus to, he's always putting life in front of you. That's what he brought to Peter. Peter was given a purpose, God-given, God-called, not, not deniable. And Peter, in the actions of his life, he laid it down. Now, I don't know about you, but in the way we live in relationships in our world, when somebody, can you imagine, think about it this way. If Margo does this to me, it's the whole denial business. I'll tell you why. When we go to restaurants, she never gives our last name to the person so they don't call out, Boozer, Boozer party of two. She doesn't do that. She'll put her first name in. Because she didn't want every snickering boozer. <laughs> I guess they're drunks, people. Yeah. She does that to me. Isn't it? That's not nice, is it? It's not fair. But if real, in real life, if, if, if I heard my wife, is that your husband? Oh, I, don't, I don't, no, no, he's just some guy I know. I'll be hurt. I'll be hurt. I'm not sure our marriage would make it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is that the church you go to up on the corner that only believe? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I've been there. I'm not sure it's my church. You know what I'm talking about? If we had relationships where like that, you'd be like, I'll see you later. You know, go find somebody else to do this to, right? But thank goodness our Lord is not like that. That even though the denial was so strong, he called down an oath, he swore by it. Jesus is always putting life in front of us that he won't let that be the end of your story. For all the sin and the heartbreak and the time since you've been saved, you've let him down in a certain way. And we often have shame because of those things. Jesus is saying, hey, bring your shame to me Sit down by this fire. Let's eat together because I have something I want to tell you. And he doesn't hold it over you. Now, he did ask Peter three times. He wasn't going to let it go, right? He still is like, okay, but there's a way we need to go about this now, right? But yet he's still offering a story in front of you. In other words, wherever you're standing today, this is not the end of your story. And in front of you is what Jesus taught is abundant life. In other words, life in his presence, life in relationship, life in will of purpose and calling and things in front of you. Now, it doesn't mean life is going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean there's not going to be ups and downs, but yet there's always life. And this life of recreation and restoration is pointing us toward this ultimate big picture. He is making all things new again. Amen. That's what's in front of us. So in spite of your past, whatever's behind you from this moment 
backward. Jesus is putting life in front of you. Listen, if you can always remember that, it's like a rallying point of your life. I made a mistake, okay? Okay, Jesus is going to leave you in your mistake, but he's putting life in front of you. I've wandered off the course a little bit. There's this whole race marked out for me that Paul talked about. I've, I've been off the course, okay? He's calling you back to the course, but what he's doing, he's putting life in front of you, right? I've literally denied knowing Jesus. Oh my goodness, there's a verse where he said, and Jesus literally said, if anybody's ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of him. That's in the Bible. But yet before that whole business happens, he's saying, hey, come sit down with me. Let's remove all this stuff. I want to get, I want to, get to your heart. That's the work of Jesus. Why would he die on the cross, raised from the dead, then hold everybody in shame about what they've done. That would make no sense. The whole work of the cross, the whole rising from the dead, is to deal with things like we're seeing with Peter. So what looked as Peter's biggest failure is a wonderful example of the love and restorative work of Jesus and his kingdom. Again, Peter, full of boldness with pride, openly declared he would never deny Jesus, even if it meant with death. But Peter found hours later the opposite to be true. But Jesus never leaves us in the bitterness of failure. Restores us in him. This work of new creation to have its way, do its working. Healing our greatest failures and giving us a future. No matter the failure, Jesus welcomes you back. And what's so amazing about this is, is we'll get to Acts chapter 2, beginning of June, day of Pentecost. The feast of the Jews. You had, had this gathering of followers of Jesus that saw Jesus and heard about and they're coming together because Jesus said, go and wait. They're in, the, they're in this room, right? They're praying, and the Holy Spirit comes in such a way, such a powerful way, fulfilling of Joel, uh, the book of Joel, when, when the Spirit would be poured out on his sons and daughters, and it seemed like tongues of fire set on each one of them. The wind was blowing in the place in a literal, physical way. And they come out from it to people and they start speaking in tongues. And people are like, what in the world's going on? It's not even noon. These guys drunk already. And they don't understand the phenomena of the work of the Spirit that's happening. Then what happens? Who stands up and gives the very first message of the resurrected Jesus to the population that was there hearing? Who was it? Peter. But here comes Peter back in boldness. But he's not the same bold Peter as we saw before. It's a bold Peter stripped of his pride. Coming not, not with the boldness born of his own heart that ends up falling, but born with the boldness of the Holy Spirit now. And he gives this incredible message just preaching Christ crucified and resurrected. And 3,000, 3,000, 3,000 were added to those who believed that day. Goodness. 
and it ignited this work in the church that it says in Acts chapter 2, verse number 47. And the Lord, ad- listen, the Lord added to the numbers daily those being saved. Daily. The word of God was going forth. My goodness. Could we live in that kind of boldness, fueled and saturated by the Spirit, a boldness that is born of God that we take the gospel to the world, even though the warning comes, you may end up giving your life for this. So I want to keep reading in John chapter 21. If you go back. Let's see, go back to uh, verse 18. John chapter 21, verse 18. Jesus talking, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, this is Peter, you used to dress yourself and walk everywhere, wherever you wanted. See, that, that, that's, a, that's a hint of Peter's attitude. He dressed himself and just whenever he, wherever he wanted to go. He was bold, had an attitude shows up in how he responds and does things with Jesus, right? But watch what Jesus says to him. But when you are old in the coming days, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And this Jesus said to show by what kind of death that he was, that Peter was to glorify God. Now watch this. And after he said this to him, he said, follow me. There's the calling again. So tradition has it that in 64 AD, so you're you're thinking, oh, another 20 some to 30 years after this, under the reign of Emperor Nero, Caesar, Peter was martyred for his faith. And tradition says that they went to crucify Peter, just like Jesus. You'll stretch your arms out, as Jesus said. But Peter had a request. He says, I'm not worthy to die in that manner. So tradition says they crucified Peter, but they did it upside down. It was upside down versus what we see of, of the cross of Jesus. That's tradition of how Peter died. The man that denied Jesus three times in fear of his life in a restoration of Jesus to his calling, ended up giving his life for that same Jesus. And the boldness of the work of Peter, you can read in the book of Acts and, and Peter's writings in, in First and Second Peter and things that he taught. From those denials to his death is really the work of the kingdom of God. And all the incredible and amazing things that happened with Peter's life. Remember, they're going up to, to, to pray, and they passed the man, and he said, hey, give, give me some alms. I need it and need it. But he said, silver and gold have I none, but yet rise up in the name of Jesus. He was walking in the power of the Spirit. That we would live such a life. To know that your past doesn't disqualify you from a future in Jesus. Doesn't do it if you'll come sit down by a fire with him and let him restore you. But you know, at the end of that, 
after Peter was literally told, and I don't think Peter was lost on what Jesus was saying to him. You're going to die for this. Now follow me. And Peter followed. That that is the calling that each one of us have. That we would live this faith in such a way that a boldness infused by the Spirit that we have an impact for the kingdom of God until our days come to an end. That we live such a life that way. Not as the disciples were locked in rooms in fear of the Jews or in fear of society or in fear we're going to end up like Jesus. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. I, I understand, especially in, in today's American society, there's a lot of different ways you can see a lot of different stuff, and you can get down rabbit holes with a lot of different things. You can believe all sorts of stuff. I don't care. I don't care what you share. I don't care what you put out there. Well, for the most part. But what I do know is the main message of your life is Jesus Christ crucified. That's the light of the world. It's in that what counts. That's eternal things. Amen. Eternal things. That we live in that boldness. And change what is around us. I want to live that way. How many of you would like to live that way? Let me see. Okay. Then your past is irrelevant to your future. Let him restore you. By the way, your past can help build your future. You've been through some stuff. Guess how God's going to use you? Oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? God, God will take some of that stuff of your past, and he'll reap where he did not sow, and it'll be part of the future of how you're used for the kingdom. I promise you. He does amazing things like that. If you'll sit down by the fire and hear him. And listen to what he has to say. Amen? I'm going to ask you a question. Heads up, eyes open. How many of you, there's something in your past that, that you feel maybe makes you a bit unqualified for a life forward in Jesus? Anybody? Be honest. Let me see. Raise your hand up. I want to pray for you. That was a whole bunch of you. Because what I want is I want you to leave those things here today. Leave it here today. Because what the devil wants to do, he wants to keep squeaking that stuff in your ear. How many of you have a dog? And you made a mistake, you begin a squeaky toy. Every time it bites it, it squeaks. Anybody do that? And you're just like, why did I do that? Squeak, 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 squeak. Yeah, you know? That's the devil what he likes to do. Squeak in your ear all the time of why you are not qualified. That is why Satan means the accuser. He's always accusing you what's wrong with you. That's why Jesus is our advocate. And he counters the accusation. Amen? See that? Leave it here today. 
And when that squeak is in your ear, or maybe it's just your own mental process, when the thought comes, you've got to say, in the name of Jesus, I have been forgiven. In the name of Jesus, I carry this with me no longer. Yes, I got to grow. Yes, there's still things that have to change. Yes, I'm not perfect, but yet my past is my past. And you've got to quit paying a bill for something that's been paid for. Amen. Let's all stand up. So I want everybody to pray. And if it's not you, I want you to pray for those that are in the room with us today. If that was you, you raise your hands up. I want you to just very symbolically surrender. I want you to put both your hands up. I want to pray. Lord Jesus, we're giving stuff to you today. It's a lot of stuff. It's different stuff. It's stuff from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, five months ago. It was last week, maybe. We're giving stuff to you today. Stuff where we've fallen short. Stuff where we've made mistakes. Stuff of things that have happened to us. Things that we don't want to carry out this door today, but believe that in your forgiveness and in the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, that we are restored and given a future. That we're no longer handcuffed by these things. No longer felt that we're not good enough. We don't measure up. We're inadequate. But we give these moments to you because you are still writing our story. Those things were not the end. I thank you, Lord, that in the power of the Spirit, we will move forward today in our calling and our gift things and the things you put in front of us, life abundance in the kingdom. I thank you for that. Devil, we have loosed the bounds of things that you try to keep honest, though they have been set free. We bind it in the name of Jesus. And for every place where there's this lie and this, this accusation, we speak life. Life of the Spirit, life of encouragement. But Lord, for those that know and they need to change and deal with some things, I pray their confidence is in you. I pray there's a work of the Holy Spirit that is a final and finished work. In Jesus' name, freedom. There will be people going forward proclaiming the gospel all the days of our life. And we thank you for that work in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Say it again, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We agree. Amen. Well, give your neighbor a high five, an elbow bump, a hug, do something. Let them know.